the mums. Happy Mother's Day to all the spiritual mums. Maybe you're a life group leader in the place tonight. Maybe you've raised some amazing men and women of God and we're so honoured and thankful for all that you do. But you know, I know for um, my mum, she's currently at home with COVID. So happy Mother's Day, mum, when you watch this this week with, you know, 10 other people who might watch it. But happy Mother's Day to you. We love you. And, um, you know, coming into this time, I, I love it. If you don't know, my name is Shannon and um, we have a little girl named Harlow. She's almost three. She'll be three at the end of this month. And um, Chris, you know, in case you didn't realise, I am Asian. Um, and Chris is white as they come. And so, um, he is my like super Aussie uh, husband who I love, who is amazing. And um, he always says to me, mostly around Mother's Day, mostly around Harlow's birthday, both in May. Um, and he often says to me, you know what, babe, I just love being an Asian parent. I'm like, babe, you can't say that. You're literally not Asian. You can't say that. You have an Asian child. And he often says to me, he's like, but she's just the most beautiful thing on earth. And I just love being an Asian parent. I'm like, babe, you need to like rephrase that because you can't quite say that in today's day and age. And so, you know, if you're a mum, if you're wanting to be a mum, just to clarify for you and for Chris Hodgman tonight that you are not an Asian parent. You might have an Asian child one day. But, um, you know, coming around this time, as we said, of faith, love, hope, um, you know, in the season of Faith, Love, Hope, really this message tonight I wanna speak to you guys about is um, not necessarily a mushy Mother's Day message. I'm kind of not that mum. Like I'm, I have a child, but I'm just not a mushy mum. I'm just really bad at it. I don't cry. I just have like way less emotions than Chris does. He's the emotional crying, vomiting and crying all at the same time, coughing and crying person in our family. And I'm not that person. So I wanna speak to us tonight about um, a message that I feel that um, is for our generation, for each of us in the room, whether you're 55, whether you're 15, whether you're 35, whether you're 95, whoever you are in the room tonight, I believe God has a word for you and something for you to um, prophetically action tonight as well. And so the title of my message tonight is The Gap is Honour. The Gap is Honour. And you know, um, for, for our generation, for who we are today in our society today, I believe that there are some things that we can do that can secure the inheritance and the generational blessings and the things that God has for our generation. And one of those things is honour. And so tonight I just wanna hone in on honour and I wanna show you this diagram. This is a diagram that you might have seen if you're a business student and you're learning about generational wealth. I'm currently doing my um, master's in business and this is something that I've been looking at lately. And so this diagram, is also something that relates to us as Christians, as sons and daughters of God. And so you can see in this diagram, if you can read that, I'm not sure if you can, but the first little circle there, it says the first generation pioneers. So the first generation makes a way. The first generation starts stuff, pioneers things, birth things, creates a pathway for us. And the second generation builds. So the second generation inherits what the pioneers have built and then they build upon that as well. And the third generation has a choice whether they disinherit and dismantle or inherit and continue to build. And so what I wanna speak into us tonight is you might be here and you might be a first generation Christian. You are a pioneer of the faith for the generations to come in your bloodline. Or you might be a second or third generation Christian. You've come from a line of Christians in your family 
family and you have the opportunity to inherit a great faith, to inherit a great blessing and you have the opportunity to continue to build upon those things or dismantle those things. And so I wanna speak on that tonight because the gap is honor and there's heaps of biblical examples of this and I could rattle on about this all night honestly but I know you all wanna get to like grilled or guzzies after this. So um, tonight I just wanna really talk about just three quick people in the Bible and the first one is Elijah. And if you've ever read the Bible, you would know about this man named Elijah. And um, he sits in the Old Testament. He's a man who did live. And um, he is the first generation who was commissioned by God to have a redemptive mantle on his life. So for the nation that he lived in, the people and the generation he lived in, he had a commission from God to be bring the redemptive power and love of God into his generation. And so at that time, he had a calling to lead this nation from idol worship into worship unto God. He had this calling to bring people from um, this, you know, surface level relationship of lip service towards God that says, I love you, but I worship everything else. He had a mantle on his life to bring people back into that redemptive state where their true worship was unto God. And then there was, he didn't have a son. And so the second generation that had to then inherit everything he'd built, he picked a man named Elisha. And Elisha, um, in the Bible, he was a great young man. He walked with Elijah. Um, he saw the great things and he was called by Elijah to inherit this mantle from him. And so Elisha inherits this mantle and this ministry of redemption. And we see um, in 2 Kings 2 where this transition takes place, where if you didn't know, a mantle was physically like a cloak or a coat, something that um, the prophets and the men and women, the men of God would carry and would wear as a sign of their ministry and their um, their commitment to God. And so Elijah, as he comes to the end of his time, into his time of transition, he physically takes off his mantle and he strikes the water on the ground with it and he leaves it there. And, you know, a whole bunch of things happen there and you could do a whole message on transition in that moment, but I'm not gonna go there today. But Elisha, he chooses to pick up this mantle. He chooses to pick up Elijah's mantle and grabs it and he says, Elijah, would you bless me with a double portion blessing? Would you bless me with the same spirit that you carry so that I can continue to carry it on? And so Elijah had to take off his mantle. Elisha had to pick it up. 50 prophets watched on and they honoured it and they confirmed it and said, yes, this is a man of God who carries the same spirit and they confirmed this and as this mantle transitioned, now the second generation to Elisha, Elisha lived a great life of God. He lived the same redemptive ministry that Elijah carried. He walked through the days, he, he saw people raised from the dead, he did amazing things for God and he had an assistant with him named Gehazi. And Gehazi walked with him, he ministered with him, he was like his Bible carrier, he was like his, his scribe, he was just right there with him. And so Elisha, he was Elisha's assistant. He picked Gehazi to carry on this mantle, but Gehazi chose his own selfish desires and his own selfish wealth to build in a moment of just taking a little bit of extra money for himself instead of running with what Elisha had for his life. And so we kind of look at what takes place here and we can see that Elijah pioneered, Elisha built, but Gehazi dismantled what had taken place in the generation. And I wanna pick up in Hebrews 5 verse 4 to 5, 
to talk to you guys about this tonight. It says, and no one takes this honour upon himself by being self-appointed, but God is the one who calls each one, just as Aaron was called. So also Christ was not self-appointed and did not glorify himself by becoming a high priest, but God called and glorified him. For the Father said to him, you are my favoured son, today I have fathered you. And the reality is in a kingdom scripture and principle here is that the blessing and inheritance of God, it flows when it, pass, it passes on from generation to generation. And as God had appointed Jesus Christ, our Saviour, who we believe in, who died on the cross and rose again for our salvation, he, when He was appointed as King, when He was appointed as the Anointed One, we as His co-heirs, as sons and daughters of God, now enter into this same anointing and enter into this promise that is fulfilled where we are children of God. We are children of God who are now able to carry and outwork the mission of God on the earth. And so I wanna kind of pick this up for us here because what does this mean? It's ministry is not just for people who are paid by the church. We all have a mantle we need to carry in this generation. We all have a purpose to outwork, whether that be to lead a phenomenal Jesus-loving family, whether that be to lead a very successful business with based on kingdom principles, whether that be to teach children in school to actually just with the love of God that permeates through your life, whether that be whatever it is, your mission is, God has called each and every single one of us to carry an anointing and a mantle for this generation. And so my point tonight, number one, is to honour the anointing. The gap is honour. We saw that Elisha honoured Elijah, but Gehazi didn't honour the anointing that flowed before him. And I wanna let you know tonight that who you honour is who you will receive from. I am so aware that all of us here as mega church kids sitting in this beautiful auditorium on this massive property, none of us really did a lot to get it. We all get to inherit this incredible thing. For some of us here who have found ourselves, you know, my family immigrated to Australia 30 years ago. I didn't have to do that. My parents did that for me so we could have a life that we now live so we didn't have to live in poverty, so that my family didn't have to be in poverty. So now I didn't have to do that. I am an inheritance of that. And so we get to see here today that we are sitting in inheritance. We as this generation are sitting in inheritance. So we need to honour the anointing that went before us. We need to see, have, have a heart to value and eyes to see and ears to hear. That's how we honour the anointing that's gone before us. Who you honour is who you will receive from. And we can acknowledge what each other carries because everyone in this room, as sons and daughters of God, you have a mantle, you have an, an anointing on your life. Every single one of you have an anointing on your life. And we can, when we can honour what each other carries, we can receive from what each other imparts whether that person is older than you, whether that person's younger than you, whether that person's beside you, whoever they are, who you honour is who you will receive from. I love that we honour the young people in our house because it means we can receive from them. I love that we honour the people who are older than us in this house because it means we can receive from them. The gap is honour. And when we honour the anointing on each other's lives, this leaves no room for jealousy. Now it's not about, well, that person's anointed to do that, I want that anointing. No, no, no. We have a confidence to honour what they carry and I have a confidence in what I carry and you have a confidence in what you carry and we can receive from one another. We can receive from each other's anointing. We can receive and honour what each other carries so that we can be imparted into. 
Mantles are picked up, not passed. Destinies are picked up, not passed. We saw in the story that Elisha had to pick up, physically pick up this mantle that Elijah had left. And you might be a first generation Christian, like I said here. You are putting on a brand new mantle for the rest of your generations to come from you. You are putting on something that says, you know what, in my bloodline, you know, all these things that my family has walked through, addiction's not gonna come with me. Divorce is not gonna come with me. Abuse isn't gonna come with me. Lying, cheating, stealing's not gonna come with me. But what is gonna come with me is the anointing and the mantle that God has placed on me. You might be here and you know, like, like a lot of us, we now inherit this great mission that our church has to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. We all have a part to play in that. We all have a mantle to pick up a part of that so we can see Brisbane actually become the city of God. That isn't just a great statement we say to get people in the building. That's something we believe for our city, that Brisbane is the city of God. And so all of us here, We all inherit this great mission that we now have to pick up to be a part of. God will always build His church and we are responsible to pick up our mantle, our mission to be a part of that. God will always build His church and I I believe it. I know there's gonna be new ideas. There's gonna be new wine flowing. There's gonna be new horizons ahead of us. There are gonna be so many new things that we do, but in honouring the anointing that's gone before us, we can understand and build upon what we've inherited. You know, our generation, we're professionals at virtue signalling and I hate it, I hate it. We're professionals at virtue signalling, saying, God, you know, yes, I believe in the lost, or yes, I, you know, wanna see the church advanced, or, you know, um, all the other political agendas and things that we all, you know, post about for a second, but really don't believe because we do nothing to change about it in our lives, you know. In in our generation, we're professional virtue signalers. And, you know, to come to church in and of itself can be virtue signalling. To lift your hands and worship in and of itself can be virtue signalling. But I believe that we as a generation, there are people in this room who have a mantle to pick up tonight that's literally just laying on the carpet in front of you. That you have a mantle in the Spirit to pick up tonight for unadulterated worship, that you have a mantle to pick up tonight to actually be an evangelist in your workplace, that you have a mantle tonight to pick up that says, you know what, I'm gonna stand for purity in my generation. Maybe someone tonight, you're here and you have a mantle to pick up and say, you know what, that vicious cycle of of curse in my life ends with me and I'm gonna pick up this mantle of blessing that God has for my life. Tonight, maybe you need to pick up a mantle of generosity because you know God has called you and given you an incredible business to steward, an incredible mind to steward. And tonight, you need to pick up a mantle of generosity and say, you know what? Every, all of this wealth that I've built is not gonna end with me, but it is for the Kingdom of God to advance. Number two tonight, honour the assignment when we can honour the mission and the assignment that each of us carries, that each of us have in our kingdom family. There's gonna be no competition, no division, no disunity. Because when we can honour what each other are called to, we understand that in the body there are many parts and all serve many different functions. And just because He's better at that than you doesn't mean you have to do that thing, but you just do the thing that God has placed in front of you. And we need to honour the assignment on our own lives. God has placed an assignment on your life. You're not here to just get up and breathe good air in the morning and go about your day doing work, but you are here with a mission and an assignment on your life. God has given you an assignment, whether that be to be a great dad, 
whether that be to be a great employee for your day, every single day, when you can honour the assignment on your life and honour the assignment on each other's lives as well. I believe that when we can honour the mission and assignment on each other's lives, we're not gonna see this competition, competitiveness, division or disunity in the church, but we can come together and say, you know what, I know you're called to reach that school because as a teacher, you're gonna have an incredible impact in that school. And so I back you, I pray for you and I honour you and honour the assignment on your life. Matthew 12 verse 50 says, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister in mother, and mother. We are bound together by the DNA of Jesus Christ and the mission of heaven. We are bound together by the DNA of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. He binds us together as kingdom family. But our mission to bring heaven to earth, that binds us together as kingdom family as well. We can, we can honour what each other are called to. We can co-labour with each other, not be in competition with each other, but co-labour with one another. You know, for every person in this room, you might be brand new to church and you're going, this chick is like short and yelling a lot at me. And you know, maybe you're here and going, I just came because my mum dragged me along, my friend dragged me along, and you know, this mission, this honour, this anointing crap, I don't know what you're talking about, I don't know if it applies to me. But I wanna let you know and just remind you again that every single person in this room has been created with a destiny. Every single person in this room was created before you were in your mother's womb, God created you with a purpose, an assignment, an anointing on your life, something for earth, so that you can bring heaven to earth. And so in that, we have a mantle to pick up. We have things to pick up. And so let me just remind you again that there might be people in this room, you might be 55, and you have a mantle that you've allowed to lay dormant in your life for a very long time, that tonight you need to pick that thing up for the sake of your family. Maybe you're here and you're 15, and you're going, what does this have to do with me? You have a mantle to pick up in your life so that you can actually see purpose in your generation, so that you can see your generation one for Jesus, so you can see your school one for Jesus. You might be 25 and just you know, starting to get the ball rolling with your career. You have a mantle to pick up that is much bigger than just your career. It's gonna outlast your career because it's gonna be something that you pick up that's a part of your destiny that flows into the generations to come. What will we leave for this next generation to inherit? What will we leave? You know, I think about the incredible pioneers of faith, the pioneers of this house who went before us and they left us a pretty good inheritance. You know, I was talking at seniors uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes, we have an awesome cranking seniors ministry and um, they share our youth building, which is awesome. And they love the graffiti on the floor and they're phenomenal. And I was talking there the other weekend, one of um, the incredible seniors who'd been a part of this church literally since its very beginning, like since before we were here, since before there was a building here, um, and you know, really long time ago, and she was sharing with me some of the prophetic words and the things that had been spoken over our church. And then another one said to me, you know, I remember the day when we came and we drove over here and we looked at that cow patch in Mansfield and claimed it and declared it and declared that it would be an incredible church that influences this city. And we look at that and today for all of us here sitting very comfortably in the aircon on really nice squishy chairs and you know, sitting in this beautiful building, we don't understand necessarily the costs that the generation before us had to pay. But I, as this generation, I would love it if we could leave an inheritance for the next generation that they look back on and say they're thankful. They're thankful for what was left. 
But today in our virtue signaling culture, we can leave for the next generation our opinions. Or will we leave them our faith? We don't wanna leave the next generation our opinions and give them that version of faith. We wanna leave them true, unadulterated faith that builds the house of God. Are we gonna leave this generation your truth, your version of the truth or the biblical truth? Are we gonna leave this generation your wake of destruction or actual divine destiny, pathways to destiny? Are we gonna leave the next generation curse? By speaking death over them, by speaking you know, negative, negativity over them, that they'll amount to nothing, that it's gonna be really hard in this, their generation. Are we gonna speak blessing over them and leave them a blessing to inherit? Are we gonna leave this generation our deconstructed beliefs or godly resolves? Are we gonna leave this generation roadblocks or highways to revival? In our city, you know, we believe it. We actually believe it, that Brisbane will be the city of God. And we wanna leave the next generation highways to revival, not roadblocks, not roadworks, not constant things that stop them from seeing revival. The last one tonight is to honour the alignment. Honour the alignment. You know, kingdom family is covenant. It's not contractual. The relationships that we have with one another, it's covenant. I love you, even though I don't know everything about you, I love you because you are my brother or sister in Christ. I have a covenant with you, not a contract with you, whether based on whether you stay in my church or not. But I love you and I have a, have a covenant relationship with you as fellow believers of God. And so the gap is honour and we need to honour the alignment because when we can't come under the same alignment, the same name, the same truth, the same power, when we can't come under that, it's hard for us to have a covenant relationship. We need to have this relationship. And you know what I love about this is we see in Paul's life in the Bible, Paul is a great man of God. He was Saul. He became Paul and he went on to write literally most of the New Testament. And we look at Paul's life and he had that moment when he was Saul and he had this moment on his road to Damascus where he was blinded by the light of God. He was encountered by God. He had to come in alignment with the truth of God. He had to come in alignment and physically be encountered by the living God. And then he didn't go on into his ministry at that moment. It was only when Paul submitted himself, came into alignment with the church of Antioch, that's when his ministry started to explode. That's when he was able to start writing the way he did. That was when his gifts became unveiled. That was when his talents became unveiled. And I know tonight that there is like an abundance of heavenly resource sitting in this room. Great leaders, great generous people, great people who will do amazing things to the Kingdom of God. But as we come into alignment with the house of God and the Word of God and the Saviour, Jesus Christ, that's when we have our talents, our things all unlocked in our lives. And so just like Paul tonight, you know, maybe you're here and you go, you know what, I love God. I'm aligned with Jesus Christ. He is my Saviour. Or maybe you're sitting here going, you know what, I, I don't know God yet. I am so unaligned with God, it's not even funny. I'm very happy living my own life without Him. Can I tell you tonight that no matter who you are and what you carry, it will not be unlocked until you come into alignment with your Saviour, Jesus Christ. It just won't be. The things on your life won't be unlocked until you come into alignment with Jesus Christ. You know, there's this quote. It says, each successive generation should find an exponential release of the Lord's blessing, provision, and power if they have faithfully served the previous generation. 
Both the blessing and the curse operate in the same way. If generational sin is passed on and perpetuated in the succeeding generation, that sin and curse will grow in all dimensions. If the generational covenant, callings, mantles, ministry and blessings are passed on to a submitted and faithful generation like Elisha, the inheritance will grow in scope and power. And you know, in this time of faith, love, hope for our church, this isn't just about how great and generous we all are right now for the sake of doing great things right now. This is for us to take what the previous generations have done and play our part in that, be a part of that, pick up a mantle, a part of that and say, for the sake of this generation, because I don't wanna see the church of God or the gospel go extinct with our generation. I don't wanna sit here and go, well, that was nice for us but I wanna see it go beyond our lifetime. I wanna see it go into our family, into our children, into our children's children. I wanna see the gospel of Jesus Christ advanced in our city and our nation like never before, not because of just simple practical things like social media, but because we sowed something as a church in this generation that would outlast us in our time. You know, one of the most amazing people I know She's here tonight and she's gonna help me with the rest of my message. And she is one of the most amazing people I know. And I don't say that just to exaggerate, but I honestly say that because she is a pillar in our house. She's a spiritual mum in our house. She has served in this house and led in this house for decades. And so, you know, tonight I wanna just ask her some questions because she was a part of the generation that pioneered for us. And so if you guys could all put your hands together for Jill Lloyd as she comes. Mama Jill, one of the best and greatest people I know. <laughs> if you Hello, don't everybody. know Jill, this is Jill. If you, uh, you know, Thanks, haven't Sarah. met her, you need to come and meet her and say hello and introduce yourself to her. Now, we all love Jill. Jill has been a part of this house literally forever. And um, she's not even that old too, which is so cool. Um, <laughs> but Jill, you've seen our movement and our church since the very beginning days. You were here part of you know, that bus that came and looked at the cow patch. You were here since the beginning. Can you just tell us how your experience has been seeing um, this church established, but also seeing God move in power in our city? Hey, thanks, Shan. That was a great message. I was getting so excited about it because I'm one of the generation that picked up my mantle. I picked it up a long, 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 long time ago. And we do have a pretty incredible, amazing church and property here. And it's something that I must admit, when I drive on this property every day, I still go, oh my goodness, God, what have you done? The faithfulness and the grace and mercy of our God to this place is absolutely incredible. I just don't have words for it. Um, I've been in this church for 44 years now and never <laughs> wanted to do anything else. This is, this is my home, this is, you know, this is, this is where I am. I started um, volunteering and participating in church life when I was a teenager and I haven't stopped. I was still serving this morning with one of the generation just a little bit more above me, the lo lovely Libby. Um, and I just want to encourage you that what you see here now is exactly what Shannon said. I had to work with the generations before me 
Um, and they're the, they're the ones who saw the vision here. They're the ones that built this property and therefore made a place for people to come and to know God. So can I just tell you a couple of little stories about life in the fast lane at City Point Church? Um, some of you may not know, but that we, um, this church started in an industrial building in West End, and it was where our school started. Um, it was, there was a dirt patch for a, um, for a playground and Besser Block walls. I think um, I've only ever known Besser Block walls around this place. Um, I remember the day at 11 years of age when they put us in a bus and they drove us out here and um, there was just a cow paddock, absolute grass, bit of a... So just imagine that down at Wecker Road, it's just grass and there's a, there's a shed over there and the leaders walked onto the property and they said, okay, we're going to put the school there and the church just a little bit further up the hill and maybe one day there'll be a university up there. They stood there in front of absolutely nothing. And out of nothing, God has created an incredible legacy that I've had the privilege to walk through and that you now sit in. And if you're fairly new to City Point or you've not been here that long, you might go, oh, this is such an amazing place. But it didn't, it didn't used to be. It used to be no lining on the walls. That back wall went all the way back to the actual glass doors out the front there. And this stage was way back there. There was thousands of people that would fit in this place. Um, God moved in really amazing ways. So I just want to tell you a couple of things that um, in... When God, when God was moving in those early days, um, it was like people just prayed and believed in faith and crazy things happened. And I remember as a child watching people come out the front with legs that were one shorter, like that. And the pastors would pray and we actually watched the legs grow to meet. And sometimes the legs would go a little bit further and they'd say, no, no, Holy Spirit, bring it back, bring it back and it would come back into alignment. I must have seen that three or four times. And it just became part of natural life. How amazing if in your natural life that you thought, I believe it because God said it and that's what's gonna happen. And I am blessed because of that. I remember as um, a child on kids camp, kids just have the most, they just are abandoned to God in their love and worship. And this glory cloud came into the room and there were no smoke machines back then, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was the physical presence of God that you could touch in a cloud above you. And there's, um, remember, I, I represent a generation, there are loads and loads of people in this church that don't think I'm anything unique because I'm not, I'm just me. And there's a lot of people who are exactly like me and what they do. Um, over the years, we've had some prophetic words and moving in the spirit and words of knowledge and falling down under the power. And, you know, apps, I, my favourite is Holy Ghost laughter. God just doesn't do things the way you think he's going to. He never does. He does things in really strange ways. And I love that. So be, be mindful and look out for if something, if God's moving in a certain way, 
Don't discount it and go, oh, that's not the way it's supposed to happen. It's gonna happen in amazing, crazy ways that you just don't know. And I just wanna be open. God just doesn't do things in the normal way. So these are just some kind, these are just a few of my memories. They're, they're just, to me, that was just normal in what happens. And today, I just believe that if I pray for something, I believe I'm blessed, I have a future, I have a hope. And I picked up that mantle that that early generation created and started on this property. I was a kid, I didn't know anything. I just planted myself and I took the mantle and I, and I went. How Shame. good, that's amazing. So, so good. And now 44 years later, you've raised amazing adult kids um, and you and Darren have done incredible things in this house. Why have you stayed for so long? Why have you stayed a part of this incredible house? Well, you know how just stuff happens, shift happens. And in the, in the changing life of God, <laughs> shift does happen. <laughs> if you're not planted firmly, and sometimes I think it's not just up to my knees, I've got to be up to my waist, you get shaken a little bit. You know when the news is giving you a little bit of bad news? Somebody in your family said something about you. You're just not sure about church and what they're saying and you're just kind of swaying a little bit. I always wanted to just be firmly planted and let the knocks come. And I'm a bit like, you know, that blow up toy that you knock it down and it knocks back up again. (laughs) I just want to be found being able to bounce back up again, still declaring the goodness of God in the land of the living. That is what I want to see. So I believe that God's not finished with us yet. And I'm kind of excited because I feel like the show's just about to start and I've got the front row and I'm just so excited about, I just want to see salvations in the house. And just even recently, even for Shannon to ask me to come up today, um, I'm just so in love with our youth and with our seniors. And I feel from being up at youth and they, they're up there early in the morning praying and then our seniors come and they're, they're just believing for revival and miracles on a daily basis. And I just wanna be there with them. I just think they're the most amazing. So Shen? And Jill, I guess for this generation, you know, for people here who maybe just found themselves a part of City Point for the first time tonight, maybe even coming to faith for the first time tonight, or for those of us who sit here and we go, yeah, we're planted, we're, that's us. We are planted. What do you wish and pray and want to see for the next generation? Well, here we go. I believe. I really would love to see our next generation taking up their mantle. As Shannon said, it's not passed. It's actually picked up. That mantle is there for you guys. It's it's something that you have to decide to do. And I don't want you to say, oh, somebody else will do that. I would love to see our next generation say, I choose me. God chooses me, I'm gonna pick it up. Somebody had to sow, somebody had to build it, somebody had to water it. I'll get to the end of my time and I'll go, okay, I'll be tapping out now, you guys, it's your turn. I want the next generation to be participators and not spectators. My mantra is just show up. Now I'm 55 and if I can just show up, so can you. And you know when you're making that choice when you're at home and you're going, I'm just a little bit sad today. I'm feeling a little bit insecure today. I'm feeling 
just not happy today. I think I'll just stay home. Fight it with everything within you. Get yourself to church, plant your feet, stand in worship and go, I choose my mantle and I choose to worship right now. Church is not an event that you attend. It is an it is an activity, an encounter with God on a corporate level that has the most incredible power. I don't know how many times I've thought, Lord, I'm just gonna lay down for a bit. This is just a bit too hard at the moment. And every time I come to church and I open up my sweet little mouth and I say, devil, you get no chance talking to me. Nothing, you've got nothing over me. I'm standing, I'm standing, I'm standing. And sometimes I'm just gonna sneak in and I'm just gonna sneak back out again. I better keep moving. The next generation that you guys would have hearts of worship. And I mean, and I'm your compliance officer, but I want you to be crazy, unashamed. Go the mosh pit, you guys, come on. I, there is something powerful in worship where you just put your hands up, you cry before God, you get on your knees, you just tell Him that you love Him. It breaks the power over your life that tries to tell you things about yourself that are not of the Word of God. I want our next generation to be lovers of the Word of God. I want the Word of God to be so ingrained in you, so part of your being that any lies of the enemy, any words on social media, anything that would try to tell you something that is contrary to the Word of God, that you would read and know your Word and say, hang on, I know who I am in Christ. That's wrong, that's right. You know, there is truth and lies in the world. What, contrary to what people say about the world is grey and there is no black and white. Well, I disagree. God's Word is very true, very true and lies are not. I want our next generation to be powerhouses of prayer. I want you to be corporate prayer, quiet prayer, whispered prayer, loud prayer. I want you to be declaring the Word of God prayer. I wanna see you speaking to the Holy Spirit. He's gonna be the first one you speak to in the morning and He's gonna be your last thought at night. Come on. One of our beautiful senior ladies, her name's Dawn Campbell, a couple of weeks ago, Dawnie just said to me, you know, Jill, do you know that you are standing on the shoulders of the giants who came before you? I'm Dawn, are you kidding? Jill, you are standing on the shoulders of the giants who came before you. And I speak to this next generation and I tell you that our shoulders are strong enough. You can stand on our shoulders. Don't dismantle this church. Don't dismantle it. Pick up your mantle, get up on the shoulders. And those kids who are downstairs, they're gonna be speaking off of your shoulders, your shoulders in the next generation to come. I pray incredible blessing over our next generation that you would be hopeful. It's so easy to think I'm never gonna be able to afford a house. I'm never gonna be able to have this. I'm never gonna be able to have that. I pray incredible blessing, financial blessing, 
healthy marriages, healthy bodies. I pray that whenever you put in for a house that you're gonna be front of the line. You will be the first one. And that's because you are a child of God. He so wants to bless you, take care of you, look after you. God gave the blessing to Moses to give to Aaron and his sons in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. We were singing it before. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Did you know that's not the end of the chapter? There's a verse 27. It says this, And so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Come on. They will put my name on the Israelites with that blessing and I will bless them. This means that God is saying, they are mine and my name is on them. And with this blessing, I am putting that on them. And I pray that in the same way that if I went to the store and I said, that's mine, could you just hold that for me? I'm coming back for it later. Our Lord Jesus Christ has said, that person's mine. I want them. God owns me and He's coming back for me. And I pray that I would see sticky notes over all of you when God comes back, because He's gonna be saying, that's what I want. Amen, so good. Come on church, can you stand to your feet? You know, I know we've, we've talked about all these things. Jill has shared these amazing things. And in a moment, I want Jill to pray over us as a church. But you know, as we worship tonight, we're gonna sing the blessing, but you know, this isn't just about us again, virtually signalling, saying, God, bless the generations. This is us saying, God, I'm gonna make a prophetic act tonight and say, God, I'm gonna pick up a mantle for the sake of my generation and the next. And tonight you might be standing here going, oh, that's just for the leaders, that's for the ministers, that's for the pastors, that's not just for the front row. Tonight, that is for every single person in this room. You need to pick up a mantle for your life. You need to pick up a mantle for your generation. You need to pick up a mantle for the generations to come. Maybe you're here and tonight you need to say, God, I don't even know what it is, but God, I wanna pick up the purpose, the plans, the destiny, the anointing that You have in my life and He'll honour that and He'll flow through you. So church, come on, why don't you lift your hands in this place tonight? We're gonna worship, we're gonna declare this song and Jill's gonna pray over us in a moment. But come on, why don't you lift your hands? Let's worship Him tonight. Church, can you just raise your hands for me right now? I just wanna pray. Come into agreement with the words that I'm speaking over you today. In Jesus' Name. God, I thank You. Thank You that You go before us, You are behind us, You're beside us, You are inside us. Lord, I pray that the words that were spoken tonight, God, that they would reach deep inside, deep inside. Holy Spirit, we're just yearning for You, yearning for You to come. Holy Spirit, that You would rush through this temple. God, those mantles that would be picked up, I believe that they are gonna be mantles of healing and wholeness. Some of you are gonna be praying over the sick and they're gonna be healed. Some of you are gonna pick up the mantle of prophecy and you're gonna be praying over others in this place and you're gonna be speaking words of encouragement, words of truth into them that are gonna break the power of the enemy. Holy Spirit, I thank You. Total, total love, respect. Every fibre of our being just reaches out to You right now. 
Lord, there is nothing you can't do. There is no problem too big. You never promised us that you'd keep struggles from us, but God, you did promise us that you would walk with us through the struggles and that they would wind up being for our good. They would be for good. Father, I wipe away any evidence of depression, anxiety, insecurity. You be gone in Jesus' Name. We have got a mandate and we've got a a word and a message for this generation. And you can't do that if you are coming underneath depression and anxiety. You can't do it. Learn to stand on your feet. I want want you to picture yourself with your feet planted deep, up to your knees, not being able to move, looking the devil in the face and saying, ha, not today, devil, not today. And every day you speak it out of your mouth. God has got good things in store for me. God is gonna do good things through me. He is gonna do good things to me. I am a blessed person. You are a blessed church. You are a blessed church in Jesus' Name. Bless you, God. You know, just across this room tonight, maybe you're here and you're going, this is the first time I've even heard about Jesus. And I need to come in alignment with Him. I wanna unlock the things on my life, but I need to come in alignment with my Saviour Jesus tonight. So all across this place, if you need to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour, you're not totally sure that your eternity is secure in heaven. You're sick of the sin, the shame, the guilt, the mistakes holding you back. And tonight you wanna come into alignment with our Saviour King Jesus. Tonight across this place, if that's you, On the count of three, I'd just love to you to lift your hand tonight and I wanna acknowledge you because tonight you're about to step in to a mantle as a new creation. You're gonna step in to a new identity as a new creation. So if that's you tonight, you wanna come into alignment with Jesus for the very first time or as a recommitment to Him across this place on the count of three, put your hand up. One, two, three. Awesome, so good, so good. Amen, amen, awesome, awesome, I see your hand. Amen, amen, so good, so good, amen, amen. Come on church, let's pray for these ones. Lord, we thank You for our brand new brothers and sisters in Christ tonight, Lord God. We thank You, Father, that they are our brand 